Welcome to the NR Experience, a podcast wherein we talk about anything and everything in our experience. experience. My name is Nathania. And I'm Regis. We're back with season two. To kick things off, we share some life updates and how we've been doing these days. And with these life milestones, we discuss societal pressures and expectations placed on us. We ask, who gets a say in the lives we lead? We're back, season two, so... Yes. <laughs> season two? Is it season... already season two? We weren't cancelled, to be yeah. fair. Okay. It was just, uh, you know, a few months that turned into... Seven or eight. <laughs> Since we last yeah. sat down, started and talking about things again. Yeah. I mean, we did see each other a few times yeah. over the last few months. Th- there was an attempt to to put out more a few months ago. This is the deleted episode. Yeah, right? they're not going to know about that. But what has been... I guess we can start with let's update our audience okay. about how you have been the last few months. What's new yeah. with you? Uh, well, when we started the podcast, there was a new job uh, pending. Mm, and then, mm. of course, uh, you get a little busy because you're learning the ropes in that job. Mm-hmm. And then you also had to finish your PhD. So that's why there was a little bit of lead time for yeah. us to be able to do this again. It's, I, I realized because it's also, while it's nice to do these things, it's also tough, especially when... You've got a lot on your plate. No, I mean, for us, I think thinking of this podcast, getting that reception, it was in the midst of me finishing the PhD, which was a five, six-year journey. Yeah. And obviously, that took a lot of time. Um, and you saw me at my worst. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad for me. So the deleted episode happened during that episode. <laughs> in the middle of like several nervous yeah. breakdowns. But... The important part is we're here. We survived yes. whatever tough shit. We, we do curse on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, we do. Um, the whatever tough stuff we went through the last few months. And I guess for me now, I feel like I'm in a more stable period yeah. in my life. I mean, of course, I was already in Vienna earlier this year. But um, now I feel like this place really feels more like home. I'm yeah. more adjusted with things. Um So, yeah, there's the PhD, what was new with me. I also started getting into hobbies more. Now mm-hmm. that I think that stressful time of my life is done, yeah. I've gotten to revisit this passion for wine. Um, and also recently, like, I started going to a twerk and reggaeton <laughs> class. So I feel like because of the winter's oh, been so cold, yeah. I need to move my body. And a way to be physically fit while, while having fun, of course. Mm-hmm. I guess another update from my end is... And probably everyone on Instagram also knows is that I finally got a dog. Your baby! Yeah, yeah so so we have a baby. Uh, <laughs> her name is Patchy. She's a miniature dachshund. And I, it's crazy because, of course, you know, um, there's a certain school of thought that people say that it's kind of weird to treat your um, pet as, you know, like an actual human being or as yeah. a child to care for. But it's crazy because I do see parallels in how parents talk about their newly born children with how I feel. You've with, become a dad. You've become yeah. a dad. Like, I will definitely say, I feel like I've observed <laughs> your... I mean, not, let's say, not that I'm saying you, you were irresponsible yeah. before, but I feel like you like have this sense, sense of duty. Of, sense of responsibility. Like, now right. that you're here in Vienna, you're thinking, how is she at home? Yeah. How is she doing? You know, without, the, without one parent yeah. around. So. And, and I think just the fact that they rely on you, mm-hmm. your, your pets rely on you to really give them the care that they need. Yeah. So just the fact 
fact that I have to wake up in bed and my first thought is, oh, her food. Rather than, oh, I want to take a shower or eat or smoke. It's yeah. like, oh, her food first. So, what has been tough about being a pet owner so far? Because you never had a dog. We, right? we, you we, had at home, but you, you they were, were never, never indoors. Yeah. And they were never indoor because my parents didn't particularly have a liking for pets at home. Especially those that aren't trained. And mm-hmm. nobody had the... You know, nobody in the family was savvy enough to know how to take care of pets. So yeah. it was never really encouraged at home. Um, and I think the most... Sorry, what was the question? The most surprising? No, I mean, yeah. Uh, what, what's been new for you as a pet owner? Uh, Aside from, like, the idea of responsibility. The cheesy, but really, whenever you come home from work... Oh. Because she, she senses that you're coming home... I don't know if I know for a fact that the minute that she hears the keys turning in the main door, oh, that's she's so already sweet. barking because she knows that someone's home. And then yeah. there's that mini celebration when you get back after a long day. That's so cute. And yeah, that's I think that's been the nice. No, thing and about it. so for the audience, I've met Pachi. I've met <laughs> Pachi once as her Nina yeah. or as her godmother. She's a star. Yeah, she's so lovely. She's so sweet, and she has the personality of a diva still, like a yeah. baby diva, right? Oh, you know she she's does. gonna be a she baby does. diva. Um, and she, what's so nice is when I met her. She, it's like she's known me forever. Yeah. She knows that I'm a friend. Yes. She was so friendly and welcoming to me, and that. Whatever, how you ever you describe that excitement to see you, like yeah. that really melted my heart. Yeah. The last time we saw each other, and I met Pachi, and oh my her, god, this her is per- an angel. Her personality is very friendly to humans. I think we have to work on her dog to dog skill. Yeah, because I think she gets along with humans much more than other other dogs. But yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah, I mean. It's interesting now that we say, okay, these are new things happening in our life, like with me with a PhD and settling into this job that I've been for a, over a year now, you also as well with a job. We've talked about this as a recurring theme throughout the years whenever we had like these difficulties, but how do you feel about these life expectations? Like, I mean, that's, that's not our topic today, uh-huh. right? We're yeah. reflecting on milestones, expectations. Yeah. I, I hit 30 this year. You are 27. 27. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, my mom always loves to say, when, when I was 30, like my mom oh, said she ooh. had two, she had two children, my two older brothers by the time she was my age. And I'm like, yeah. well, I have a PhD. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, it, it's a trade-off, obviously. Uh, um, but do you have that sense of comparison? Like, do yeah. you think that in a way, getting a dog was an escape from a child or like, you know, mm. what, what's the in-between? Like, talk, let's talk about those, okay. those nuances of that. I, I think getting a dog just was... Yeah, I just felt like I was at that stage in my life where I could be able to care for another living thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess when it comes to the expectation, the story you were saying, the anecdote about your mom... Um, I got that similar from my dad when we were in university. So he, I remember there was this immense pressure to be able to provide for oneself. Yeah. I think something my father which said, which recurred often uh, throughout his life when we would talk, is how independent he was. Like, Oh, he was able to buy a car right after university. Wow. Yeah, no, and the, you know, yeah. the, like, and yeah, same yeah. With you, like, oh, you're, 
I had kids at this age and you know it's very difficult to conflate these things because they're two different lifetimes exactly. and two different economic situations exactly so I remember feeling really quite bad about it like yeah why can I not afford the car so it also brought some unrealistic expectations on my it's side true. because I don't think anybody uh, at least in the Philippines expects you know a 20 21 year old person to be able to buy a car whether yeah. brand new or second hand mm-hmm. it's just at least in our economic situation it, it wasn't like that and most of our friends like all our friends at least back home still live with their parents yeah. you really don't until you get married and yeah. which brings up my sense of where I am at right now is seeing every week or every day someone's getting engaged, engaged someone's married, married yeah. someone literally had just had a child yeah. and it's just seeing how different our lives here i mean it, we talked about it a bit in the abroad episode mm-hmm. right like you you make choices yeah. and make sacrifices but for me it's still a gnawing feeling and i've talked to you about this several times that you know feeling left behind yeah. like i think there's a I don't know. Like sometimes, obviously, I'm super excited and happy for all my friends, but there's also a when will it be my turn kind yeah. of feeling. Like I, I mean, I love my life here in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy with the career choices I've made, but there is a other side to it. Is that I don't know. Like if it's a missing regret. ingredient. It's, exactly. Some some missing ingredient that's uh, in your life right now, and I I feel the same as well because. Yeah, you're right in saying that the lives we lead here are quite different from our friends back home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, you see those engagements. I've seen a couple of um, common friends traveling with their group, like, you know, their barcada, their close group of friends yeah. to have somebody do an engagement in front of them. And it's, you know, it's great and you're happy for those milestones. But I think I also want to touch upon the idea that, yeah, we are missing out. Uh, whether it means missing out, you know, metaphorically or actually missing out mm-hmm. with not being physically present. Like, yeah. I, I think that's kind of tough, especially with life expectation. Because yeah. um, I think our friends are smart enough to realize that, you know, it, it's not very cheap to be able to come home. Of course, it is appreciated, but I think you know also that your closest friends That's never true. held it against you that, That's you know, true. it was a little bit tough uh, financially to yeah. do that. I think that was my feeling from doing the PhD the last five years mm. is that I wasn't there. The FOMO was yeah. really, really bad. And because obviously it's not just about you wanting to be part of these events. It's a sense of support that yeah. I'm there for you. In um, these achieve- achievements, milestones, You want to you share say. it with them, even physically of to course. be present. and. I think you know we we you mentioned something about like sacrifices that were not there, mm. but I think the other side of it is we've gained a lot of things. We can yeah. say also as well the same way that you know we missed out on these things. When I see friends now, for example, traveling or um you know they they have their honeymoon or finally traveling with their partner, in my mind it's like this is a like we've done that several times for for ourselves in the last few months and i feel like that's something for us it's normal it's not yeah. something a big deal so i like to joke with my brother because you know he lives in the us um and he works there and he loves vacationing in europe mm-hmm. and i always say like what you dream of as a vacation is my life like <laughs> even if that's not true yeah. right i mean yeah. it's not totally true i mean it's it's like half true it's half true right mm-hmm. you, you know people see europe as this yeah. dream destination even as a as a whole, not even yeah. the countries themselves. I mean, to be quite honest, 
travel in Europe is affordable. What will set you back is really your lodging. So if you if you have you know a handful of friends here and there, yeah. <laughs> it it's not gonna be so bad. But of course, then there is this culture of shyness or here in the Philippines, like. You know, I mean, whenever you come to Budapest or I come here, I think we're beyond that culture yeah. of um, being shy to ask. So it's just a given. No, it, you, my home is your yeah, home, your home is exactly. mine. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if if you have enough friends, your Europe life wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I think what's nice is we have this network of every major European city. We have a friend yeah. that, you know, you can text anytime. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. And I think that's something... I've looked forward to realizing mm. now my um my position and my friends and family's life is I'm that I'm that either tita or that friend that yeah. is here in Vienna slash Barcelona every now and then uh -huh. um that I'm the representative here yeah. so for example you know um I'm hoping that my niece and nephews visit me here when they're <laughs> a little older you know I yeah. spend summers in Europe yeah. like I'm that cool aunt that shows them a different <laughs> life from you know yeah. typical America suburbia. Um, and, and that's nice. That's what I look forward to. And okay. I know, for example, my dream in the, in the future is I have like a beach house by, I don't know, the Mediterranean Sea. Yeah. And then it's it's all beautiful. And it's where friends can spend summers. Like, <laughs> I love white lotus. <laughs> We're back to a, Is this episode delusion? The, the gays. <laughs> yeah. They're trying, trying to, to kill murder me. me. Like, I mean, that's the dream, I think, for me is yeah. that having that, this is an alternative life that my friends can visit mm -hmm. in and enjoy as well. And I can share it with them. Yeah. I, I, that's how I see it, okay. right? Con contrary to that, though, I feel like I have a different school of thought because you're aware of this. And another update, summer European summer for me oh, was so busy hell. because I was a tour guide for so many yeah. family and friends. <laughs> my family included, yeah. my uh, parents. And, you know, of course, it was great at a for a time and then there came a point where even the most immediate of acquaintances yeah would hit me up and ask about life and i guess this touches into the life expectations thing because of course whenever you meet with somebody you haven't seen in a while particularly also because of covid you'd want to catch up how are yeah. you right and yeah. that extends into half a day of a tour in budapest while you kind of lay yourself bare like yeah no and i've seen you in action you're great with telling the fun facts yeah. about the cathedral yeah. thing about this view I think, my parents ate it up like my mom <laughs> loved that you had every picture spot yeah. ready i think with it really depends on how because i think it there's also a reciprocal energy involved yeah. to it so because I knew your parents were eager about it, all the more that I was like up for having that discussion because mm -hmm. I do know there are people that just, you know, like, um, I'm not going to mention her name, but she listens to this podcast and when she hears about the story, she'll know it's her. Yeah. But I had a friend who visited in uh, Budapest and I loved the fact that she was just like a simple, straight-up explorer. Like, she really wanted to go off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. um, understanding that some tourist attractions are worth it and others aren't. So, mm -hmm. it was just nice because we would go around and I'd be like, Oh, do you want to go to the Basilica? And she's like, do I have to pay for it? No. Basilica still look the same everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. And then also the museum, like, oh, the museum, uh, the parliament is great. Yeah. And she's like, I think a picture outside will suffice. I'm like, go. Practical. Yeah. Very practical. Practical queen. She's visited a lot of countries too. She knows that. So. Yeah. Okay, nice. But 
Wait, where were we? No, um, essentially the 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 people visiting. So you dream yeah. of people, I, exactly of hosting so I, people. My mom asked this question: Do you think your life is probably here in Europe? And the answer is yes, more or less. Like mm-hmm. it would take a lot for me to go back to Manila. Yeah. Um, I feel settled here. I, I've, I mean, obviously, I don't speak the local languages as well, but it's enough to get me by. Mm-hmm. And, and they speak great English. Yeah, so. yeah. And I think ultimately because now my focus really is my career, mm-hmm. I make the decisions to where my career will take yeah. me. And I think that's so important. Um, but at the same time, you know, does that make it any easier missing out the life, life milestones of friends? Not necessarily. But mm-hmm. I think it's what are the choices you can come to terms with at the end of the day. When you look back at the last five, ten years of your life, you look at the hard decisions you've made. Can you live by them? If you ask me, yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I regret nothing. That's yeah. the feeling now of where I am. It's not perfect, but we're getting somewhere. Yeah. What else about it? Oh, well, I, I guess I'll um, jump into the topic of, yeah, feeling left behind. Yeah. So I think with your end, it's feeling left behind in certain life milestones. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me... I think it's been quite difficult to accept that my career milestones have definitely taken uh, not a backseat, but, you know, took much more time than other people. Mm. Um, and I always try to remind myself that it's because I really just kept studying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so whenever I feel bad about it, I'm like, ah, oh, wow, you know, my friends are making their way up there and, you know, I'm very proud of them. And I'm like, but what is the difference? I'm like, the difference is you kept studying. So That's true. I, I think it's also uh, something I've learned this year is really to try to exercise more the matter of patience that people speak of. Mm-hmm. I'm, you, I think people who know me well kind of know me as a person that... Uh, cannot really be patient sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's not really negative. It's just, you know, I'm very eager for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's a sense of entitlement, but again, uh, like a sense of eagerness to be able to pull my own weight and, yeah. you know, uh, have some small luxuries available to me. You know, like being able to... We were discussing this a while ago, just having holidays. I think, you know, uh, we completely underestimate uh, that that was uh, something that was not regular for everybody. Yeah, actually. was to have holidays with your family in other countries. I think we take that for granted how much it is a thing for us, especially for example, yeah. both our families. The way we approach it's like serious, like yeah. family holiday time mm-hmm. is sacred, and you bring your part into it every yeah. year. And I think it's interesting now because we have had our fair share of holidays also that we were not able to be a part of because yeah. we were. Exactly. In Europe. So, th- just realizing that that distance from, wow, my entire family is going on a holiday to, I'm trying to figure out if there's enough budget yeah, for the end yeah, of the yeah. month. Uh, it's, of course, quite uh, quite hard to, to navigate. But I guess, you know, I think eventually you learn. And again, it's like a, ma- uh, a question of patience, a matter of just, you know, staying put and like and i think the the payoff is when you're actually there right mm-hmm. like it makes i mean you haven't been back you know the yeah. last few years now yeah oh God, i haven't been, been back in three years i think yeah. but i know that the next time you have that return or something it's gonna feel even more special yeah. so i feel like we have less time mm-hmm. i i think so I, I forgot one of our friends told us that 
you know, the number of um, days that we have essentially with our family and our parents is so limited. Compared to, I saw that, yuck, as a chronically online on LinkedIn person, (laughs) I saw a LinkedIn post about that. And it was, you know, there was a graph of how much time you spend at work, how much time you spend with kids, how much time you spend with family. And it's directly... Uh, sorry. Oh my God. My lack of math knowledge. Yeah. So there is directly proportional. proportional. It, so what's the other one? Inversely. Uh, inverse proportional. Inver- yeah. So yeah. It, so basically, the graph was showing an inverse proportion of the amount of hours you're working and the amount of time you're spending with your family, mm-hmm. which basically decreases from the minute you begin your career all the way until you end. Exactly. It. And uh, I think that was also kind of what. Tough pill to swallow from my end. It's just like, wow, so is our life really composed of labor, like much more labor? It's going to be one Zoom meeting after the other <laughs> until we die. One calendar invitation. Oh, God. One reschedule. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think, again, another LinkedIn-esque post. But, you know, people say on their deathbeds. They never say, I wish I attended that one more meeting, that conference. I wish I spent one more hour yeah. extra working on this project that I had to submit at the time. Yeah. All the regrets at, when it comes to a deathbed is always family and friends yeah. and like those special moments in life, how much mm-hmm. you show up for them. Even uh, like I go back to when we were in Barcelona, there were moments that I told you uh, about this too, where I was like, should I really have left my father at that stage in his life? Yeah. You know, like these are things that you kind of ask and of course, we know the end, the answer is that eventually everything will work out all right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you know, these are things that remain in your mind from time to yeah. time. How do you feel about the decision now? Because that's a very specific instance. How do you feel like now that it's been two years, mm-hmm. looking back at the decision, um, how do you feel about that now in retrospect? I mean, the decision, and my father said it himself when I told him the news that, you know, I, because I shared the news in such a way that I told them, hey, I'm letting you know whether you help or not, this is going to happen. And he told me that, you know, he understands that I'm doing this for my future. And I think uh, it now I do feel, yeah, like that's correctly uh, the case. And I, I don't regret it because these last few years have really been filled with growth uh, internally in terms of navigating a world where you don't know anybody, you don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, you know, doing all the things that uh, you had a lot of help with when you were yeah. back home. No, I, I think living here now is that push towards independence yeah. so much. I've always seen myself as an independent person even in manila but i think especially now here Mm -hmm. and therefore it's like especially me living alone now you see me making choices about like designing the flat Mm -hmm. um my day-to-day routines how i go about like even my chores and errands um so it's it's really interesting to me this whole idea of independence is something that it's a gift i enjoy Mm -hmm. it it's a blessing that i'm able to be as independent as I am here, making my own choices day to day and not having to rely on someone else. Yeah, I think that's uh, equally daunting and great also about life Mm -hmm. uh, when you're living far away is you get to make the choices that you want to make. So uh, conversely to that though, 
if you need to eat, nobody's gonna do it yeah. for you. Yeah, that's true. So, oh my god, no! I, when I when my laundry piles up, like <laughs> you know that when you're forced to just <laughs> attend to your laundry because you're bringing out the weird underwear. Yeah. I have a I have a, con- a confession to make. Yeah. Um, laundry is one of the least favorite chores I have. <laughs> Um, and somebody does it at home, <laughs> Alex, hi. But I just, I don't know why, I don't know what the biggest friction I, I think the biggest friction I have to laundry is that it has to be a mindful chore. Yeah. Colors, yeah. whites, blacks, sometimes there are special clothes that you need to put something else in. And I think it's just too many steps <laughs> to do. And then after that, of course, it's washing, yeah. it's clean, and then you have to put it on I, the dry. I bet, wait, I bet someone's listening right now. These privileged fuckers <laughs> talking no, about no. sorting color. You don't even have to do that with modern laundry anymore. So, <laughs> no, but so that's something that I've really struggled with. But the food is like, because there's no, again, nobody yeah. will tell you, nobody will feed you, nobody will you know, pick I, the food. I, just a th- throwback, my favorite throwback to us living together is that you are so judgmental about me taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the kind of person that will be like, well, I've showered today, have you? And you would look at me. So, speaking of independence, that was one peer pressure I felt that you were so conscious of when I, I mean, would have I, bathed already or not. I think it's, you know, looking out for your friends. <laughs> you know, to practice uh, self-care. I do, okay. She does. I do, I do. It's just No, that. okay, wait. Just as a... I think we need to... Um, clarify. Yeah, we need to clarify. Whenever I say that, I don't know, I always do it in jest. And it yeah. really, I think And in the morning. I think it's the closest people in my life that know that I have that <laughs> playful tendency. Like I'd really just And ask. you also like taking a bath. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's funny because you do take like two showers yeah. sometimes and you're like, well I have, have you? <laughs> and it's funny because when I do play that character with a little, you know, sense of ascendancy, yeah. I think it I think there have been moments where it may have pushed some buttons <laughs> from people, but I really don't mean it. It's just like, yeah. well, nah, it's just a, a it's fun a, it's thing. It's just a fun yeah. thing. But anyway, now that you've mentioned expectations, like yeah. shower expectations, <laughs> but we've talked a little bit about peer pressure. So, mm. for example, kids and married by 30, living on your own by, I don't know, 25, something like that. Let's now discuss where do they come from? Like, who puts these mm. expectations on us? Because... Yeah. You know, when I started freeing myself from these expectations, I kind of asked myself, well, why was I listening to these expectations mm-hmm. in the first place? Like, who told me that I have to do this and that when mm-hmm. I could do what I want and still feel even, you know, equally proud of and content and satisfied mm-hmm. with my life? I mean, it's external factors, definitely. And I think because expectations of other people or the external factors can serve as guiding mm-hmm. posts sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. It can serve as some form of North Star because it, yeah. there's a it's goal. It's a checklist. So yeah. that way you know you're on track because you've done this, this, and mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I think easily the best way to explain it is school. Like, okay, check, you know, you I graduate passed this, from this level. I passed this, mm-hmm. I move on to the next, mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing. So what I'm hearing from you is because 
in our earlier years, our younger years, the formative years were so structured yeah. with a pace and there's always something that tells you if you achieved it or not. We have graduation, we have ceremonies yeah. that tell us we're moving along. along. Right? There's even a moving up ceremony. Yeah, for, I think for preschool. For preschool, exactly. And so, it's a big deal because you're going to the big, big, big school. Big kids yeah. school. Yeah, so I think because we've structured our early lives so much in that sense, that even in the in adulthood, now there are no more moving up ceremonies. Like I mean, I think this is why I always think about higher education <laughs> because it does nice. The feeling of moving up to have is a diploma. Nice. Yeah, girl, I think you're obsessed with kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I, what surprises me about people, and obviously no judgment to each his own, but there are people who have told me really, I'm. University was the requirement. I'm done. I'm not gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. It's just not me. It's not mm-hmm. my thing. Yeah. And I know many of my successful friends and acquaintances who didn't necessarily go to that typical path that everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, some are lucky, some are unlucky. But you can always turn out fine, right? But what I enjoy about higher education is, again, it does feel like a more direct checklist. Like, yeah. I, I have done my part of the deal, which is to learn concepts so and so, and therefore, now I am equipped and, you know, You're have a certificate, on yeah, certificate to prove uh, that yeah. you can move on to the next chapter. Yeah, because something I, I always think about this year, especially hitting 30, is how rigid these expectations are that you know like the when i remember telling you earlier this year oh my god i'm turning 30 and it's just everyone's everyone has this idea of a woman in her 30s has her shit together is you know doing so and so Mm -hmm. with the with starting the family having a house already you know it's such a disney idea of a happily ever after but what i'm learning this year is it's only getting started. Like, mm-hmm. I have so much freedom yeah. and autonomy in front of me. And again, th- because the choices are so endless, it's time for me to go back to myself and what's in my heart and what I really want to do. Yeah. And I think it's freeing to realize that. I think, you know, one thing I didn't expect at all this year is for 30 to feel so young. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never felt this young because essentially, I've gotten over the worst of the 20s, but now with more resources. Exactly. And I think that is a sweet spot. Um, And I don't think it's any surprise also that Sex in the City was made for that particular demographic. And it's having a comeback now, right? I mean, we we binge-watched it last month and it was fun. The the girl boss idea, Mm -hmm. you know, having hobbies for yourself, being able to... Yeah, spend on tiny luxuries because indeed you're at a point in your career where you're no longer fresh, but it also means you are more equipped with uh, resources. Wait, that hurt to say I'm not fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like obviously fresh in the context of how many years yeah, somebody yeah, has worked, yeah. like you know, in their career. I'm like at the best by expir- expiration date <laughs> so already. She says that she's never she's felt the youngest now and I'm like she's not (laughs) she's lying your honor (laughs) no but uh, you know what I mean it's essentially just how many years under your belt you have in your career how about you where do you feel like the expectations and pressure mostly comes from Mm, uh, family family and friends Mm -hmm. I think because family and friends are so intertwined back home also 
uh, you see it in our in the relationships we have with each other. Mm-hmm. How I'm friends with your siblings. How I can I would actually go out of my way to talk to them without yeah. you know having you become an intermediary. And I think that paints a clear picture of how intertwined these relationships the are. The social circles are so intertwined that yeah. information, if your family knows, your friends know, and vice versa. Yeah. You can't so escape it. My, Of course, my parents knew who your parents were, and my par- your parents know who my parents are. Mm-hmm. And I think, so it's a family and friends that feed off each other type of thing. Because I'm pretty sure that you know, the expectations that your family may have of you sometimes are echoed by the people who know you best as well who you aren't related to mm-hmm. because they do see you in a similar type of way. Say, for example, uh, yeah, so you set this goal of, you know, be- becoming or having a PhD and that idea is reinforced by you, by your parents, and also by your friends. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, for me, when it comes to life expectations, uh, again, because we're so similar in background, that's true. And also, I think every now and then, there's a feeling of, you know, when you see a wonder kid that just really, like, does crazy well in their career. I see the the tweets about that. It's like growing up gifted. Yeah, exactly. Gifted child discourse, right? I mean, obviously, everyone who says that isn't a gifted child. (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah. But, you know, there is an expectation because someone's done this, all this by 30, then it's feasible. Mm. Then you could do it as well. And we put that pressure on ourselves. And for what? Who gives a shit, honestly, if I haven't done all these things by 30? At the end of the day, it's me, myself, and I facing the mirror. Okay, was I able to do this with my life? Were the choices I made morally, you know, Mm -hmm. something I can live with? Then... It's fine. I think it's it's also similar to the myth of Sisyphus because yeah. every year, like, there are expectations for 30 where there were also expectations for 25 to that in-between. True. And whenever you hit a new level of your life, it always feels like you're back to ground zero. Of course, it's like a moving up ceremony yeah, per age di- target. There are still things. So, okay, you know, there are things you know at 27 or 28 and then you're 29 and then you don't know things again. Yeah. So, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I think it's embracing the fact that you don't know everything in your life and as long as you're so open to learning. Yeah. Like, again, we talked about this in our Living Abroad episode of how clueless we were about household chores mm-hmm. and only because we were forced to yeah. learn things. So No, I mean, for me, I think my realization very recently about myself is I'm the kind of person to have a vision but not necessarily a plan. Mm-hmm. So I have this grand vision always, like the fact yeah. that the house by the Mediterranean, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I have a vision for my life and it's full of joy and, uh, you know, excitement and an enthusiasm to live life to the fullest. But if you tell me what the specific details are, I'm not that kind of person mm. to have more specific markers about, oh, you know, by this certain age and so on. Because, for example, I had earlier PhD by 30. Like, yeah. that was such a clear marker for mm-hmm. me. But when I actually achieved it, I remember thinking, why did I set it by 30? Who like, said what I had, the reason? What was the reason, right? <laughs> like, who told you it had to be mm-hmm. that way? And I'm seeing, you know, all my other colleagues who are getting it at much older ages. They're living their lives differently with family, different career goals. And again, it's all about your individual path, what works best for you. And you know yourself better than the societal yeah. expectations placed on you. Yeah. I think the trouble from my side is I had very clear markers. So we differ there. I had mm-hmm. very clear markers. 
but for a different career path mm. that was not meant to be yeah, because you out went of to, the country. To law school. Yeah. So uh tossing that like plan out of the window was a big shock, but also quite a relief. Mm-hmm. And I guess there is that uh I feel like that's one expectation people had of me that I I wouldn't say I threw away but kind of really put in the back burner and allowed me to explore more yeah. who I can become and what I can be. Yeah. And I think that makes me feel better because I do believe now especially with the family expectation and the expectation of other people I feel like while I have not met certain expectations of what was expected I have shown people that I am I can be the same person but in a totally different mold. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the what I appreciate about life is also similar to a phoenix it's like you, when you learn you can re- you reinvent you reinvent yourself exactly. so many times and I I am proud of you for doing that because again it just shows that you're so much more than what you thought you yeah, were capable of. Exactly. And that's the exciting part about life. Because it was great knowing exactly what I thought I would become. But yeah. I was also very near... I wouldn't say nearsighted, but very... Uh, Myop- more myopic about yeah, things. Yeah, kind of. You know, like there was this one path. Yeah. Um, and therefore, during that time, no other exploration was done. Yeah. No other plans uh, that weren't in succession to that potential goal uh, occurred but now it's great like i i really feel like i'm i think this is why i struggle also with the idea of thinking about how it will be when i come home to visit Mm -hmm. because i do think i'm while there are many facets of me that remain similar a lot of me really has changed Mm -hmm. and i don't know now if i can relate or if other people can relate i see Yeah, yeah at this point now, this brings me to a question because you've mentioned a little bit about the younger self. If we look back now to this younger idea of who we are, what would they think about our lives now? Would they have ever expected it? What, what do you think? I think no. So I, I think the expectation of my younger child was that I would be traveling often. Mm-hmm. Um, and while in many respects that's true now, um, I didn't see it through l- through the eyes of living somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I thought I would be home and, you know, just just traveling, yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a surprise. When, and I always tell people this, like, whenever people ask me if, you know, they ever thought, if I ever thought in my dreams or in my consciousness even that I would end up in Hungary and work there and kind of let that serve as, you know, one of the bases to my... Uh, life story uh but the answer is no okay. i never like yeah i mean we don't even expect next year so yeah it's always so um variable i think how it's yeah. been for us the last few years for me i think i mean i don't know if have i told the, on the podcast the story of me as when i was in kindergarten that my teachers called me little, little assistant, assistant yes so I, I said that in yeah the, okay okay anyway i mean the point what was i gonna say I never expected, for me at least, that I would be in like fully in love with this academic career. Um, I also didn't expect how strong I'd be on my own. Mm-hmm. I think I knew I was going to be independent. I had a sense of that. But I feel like now that I'm older, I have a lot more admiration for what 
you know, the choices I've made for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. Um, and the fact that I think things are more in my control. Like, you know, you get afraid of, oh, life's gonna pass me by. You know, you're gonna look at 40, 50, and oh, why didn't I mm-hmm. have a family back then or something? But I have a more quiet confidence about how I'm doing my life now. And I know I'll be fine. That's yeah, my feeling. And every... Everybody has their own timeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a ge- there is a general timeline, hence expectation, because yeah. we have data that states that you know this commonly happens at this stage, at that stage. Mm-hmm. But there are many people who have proven anyway that that's you know nothing but a theory. Yeah, and for example, I mean the the economics of it, mm-hmm. right? It's just not possible anymore. The whole idea of getting a mortgage yeah. by certain by by just having one income. Yeah. Because remember, there are so many memes that are like, my parents at 25, let's yeah. buy this house, let's honey, house, for our yeah. kids. And then me at 25, like, slay, mama. Yeah, like, no. Being chronically online, something yeah. like that. It's just a different lifestyle now. Something that has changed. We've yeah. adjusted. We've yeah. adjusted to the conditions that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it was so different. Our parents back then were thinking, this was post-war, yeah. right? So, the values that had yeah. completely been different. Now, we're just more capable of things. We can put travel yeah. first. We can put self-discovery yeah. first. It, it works for us. And just also, I think the advancement of labor and what labor has become because yeah. there are, honestly, so many, I mean, of course, people are unemployed, but there are so many different types of jobs. Like, yeah. I don't think we've, uh, every single day is a day where just more and more new jobs pop up versus uh, during those times, the professions were really yeah. limited yeah. also. Um, and then and the, you committed to that yeah. career for how many years? Because if you didn't pick up these skills, it would be so hard yeah. to transition to another career. And the demand for education now and the demand for upskilling and new skills just, mm-hmm. it goes by at a you know, bullet train space. Yeah. Like... Uh, I think that's something that kind of shocked me also is, you know, after going to business school and taking the master, um, instead of kind of remaining proud for a year, the next question for me is like, okay, what do I do next? Yeah. Like, what, what else do I need to do? Because I think I've also learned that, you know, it's really the kind of the only defense you have as an yeah. immigrant mm-hmm. um, in spaces where there are not many people like you. It's... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I mean, good and bad that education is the great equalizer, but begs the question also about resources, right? Mm. Because not everybody can even think about an application to Oxford or Cambridge, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I mean, okay, now wrapping up the discussion on expectations, I think from what we've talked about the last few minutes is it's very clear now that it's ultimately about the decisions you make, how you come to terms Mm -hmm. with them, and you stick by your values and your yeah. beliefs. It's what you think is best for you rather than a societal expectations of, that is placed on you. And because, again, they're so arbitrary. Mm-hmm. No, we, we, I don't think we question enough why this was the case, yeah. why these are the expectations. And speaking now of expectations, I have a question. What can our audience expect for season two of NR Experience? What's, what's in store for them? I think more dumb shit. <laughs> More dumb shit, probably better. Uh, now that we're recording uh, this, I'm slowly kind of getting back into the groove and a lot more aware of what we need to improve technically. But <laughs> Nat and I are just 
insane that way. Like, yeah, well, we're, I, we're, we're always improving. We want yeah, this to be like no, as I best think we as just, possible. We just want podcast. to push ourselves yeah. and, you know, make do with whatever materials we have right now. And mm-hmm. I mean, what's what was so fun is I think that... The, From when season one launched, we had friends reach out to us saying this was the reception. This, for example, the mental health episode helped me through difficult times. It's so nice hearing people talk about it publicly. That was such a nice surprise. And I think what we want to do is deliver even better material in season yeah. two. Let's talk about new ideas. Let's rethink why, you know, for example, life expectations today. And yeah, we hope to accompany you, whether you're jogging, yeah. doing the dishes, doing your laundry at home, that we hope you you stay tuned for yeah. what we have to say. I think that's what's fun about our little break when we weren't recording the podcast is, I don't know if it happened in your end, but I, at one point, I knew it existed, but I just completely forgot about, mm-hmm. you know, all the insights mm-hmm. or whether people were listening or not. Yeah. So it was quite a happy surprise to kind of pick up the project again and be like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah what, what's changed with life now, a, a year, almost a year later, and what else is there to talk exactly. about? What, let's, we're trying to capture what's the cultural zeitgeist, right? Yeah. And it's just what's next for everyone now. So yeah, we hope you stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in to the NR Experience. Let us know what you think on our Instagram account at nr.experience. This has been Nathaniel Regis and we'll see you next time.